Shalom, my dear friends. At this session, I would like to share with you the fifth letter that our Lord Jesus, our Lord Yeshua, the Messiah, wrote to the fifth assembly, church, Kehillah, a congregation in Asia Minor. We are reminded again that Yeshua, who is the glorified Messiah, wrote seven letters in Revelation 2 and 3, gave it, of course, to the apostle Yohanan, John, who was on the island of Patmos, and Yohanan was to write these letters and to give them to the seven local assemblies in Asia Minor. These were literally a group of believers, churches, professing churches. Some were truly belonged to the Lord. Some were professors, and they lived in a locality. We have seen that the Lord Yeshua the Messiah already wrote in the second chapter to Ephesus, to Smyrna, to Pergamos, and to Thyatira. We have learned how interesting it is because there is a progression because the Lord Jesus, the Messiah, know the beginning all the way to the end, he knew very well how this church history will progress. So in these seven letters to seven local assemblies, we do not only see seven different conditions, but we also see the seven, you might say, period of, you might say, a time that uh, these long age of the church age will be set before us. We live now nearly 2,000 years since the beginning of the assembly in the city of Jerusalem, where the church of Ephesus represented these good, desirable condition that existed in the beginning, the first hundred years, and we could see how the progression was. Smyrna represent a suffering church. Pergamos represent the church that had married to the world. Thyatira represent uh, the dark ages. And now we are arriving to the church of the fifth church. It is called in uh, uh, Revelation chapter 3 and verse 1, the church of Saudis. It is interesting in Hebrew, it says, Ve'el malach kehal sardis k'tov. And to the angel of the church in Sardis write. And it is interesting because the Hebrew word malach in uh, the uh, Greek is angelos, which is simply means a messenger. And to remind you, beloved uh, uh, friends and dear brothers and sisters, as we read now the text in chapter 3 of Revelation, verses 1 to 6, we see that the Lord is addressing this letter to the spiritual element in the local as assembly in Sardis. We read in Revelation 3, verse 1, And unto the angel of the church in Sardis write, These things says he that hath the seven spirits of God and the seven stars, I know thy works, that thou hast a name that thou livest, and art dead. Be watchful, and strengthen the things which remain, that are ready to perish, or ready to die. For I have not found thy work perfect before God. 
Remember, therefore, how thou hast received and heard, and hold fast and repent. If thou shalt not watch, I will come on thee as a thief, Yeshua, Jesus, he saying, and thou shalt not know what hour I will come upon thee. Thou hast a few names, even in Saudis, which have not defiled their garments, and they shall walk with me in white, for they are worthy. He that overcometh, Yeshua is saying, the same shall be clothed in white raiment, and I will not blot out his name out of the book of life, but I will confess his name before my father and before his angels. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches, unto the assembly. So the first six verses of Revelation chapter 3, John, Yohanan, wrote what Yeshua, Jesus, the Messiah, the glorified Messiah, gave him to write, to put down, and to provide this letter to this local assembly, city called Sardis. And there, there was a church, an assembly, a congregation. And this group of people, to them, the Lord Yeshua write this letter. Now you notice how it is interesting because the name uh, Sardis really speaks of the fact that they really were those that escaped out of the previous condition. To remind you that in Thyatira, we saw what a dark condition this church have had. There was this Jezebel there, and Jezebel have influenced some of the prophets of the Lord, and uh, how she uh, have uh, caused the people of God in Thyatira to, to worship idols, to commit fornication. And in a sense, what we do see here, that the local church in Sardis have escaped the condition that existed in Thyatira. In other words, they left it. And they continued on to follow the Lord, but you will see what the Lord Jesus has to say about them. But you know, beloved friend, because we are studying this uh, 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 portion of the Word of God, Revelation chapter 2 and chapter 3, and we not only see the situation in a local church, in a local assembly setting, we see that these seven churches represent the progression and the historical progression of the whole professing church, the Christendom. We see how interesting because the church in Saudis represent the Reformation. The days when Martin Luther have uh, nailed the 95 theses to the door of the church in Germany, and that he, in a sense, uh, protested against the Roman Catholic, and the Reformation age have begun, or the Reformation era had begun. From about 1517, 
uh, to about 1648. That's what history shows us, that the age of the Reformation began from the time that Martin Luther have, you might say, uh, um, uh, uh, nailed his thesis and his statement uh, that things must be changed and then and there a new period of time in church history had begun. So it was so good because uh, the, the people or those who followed these days, followed these teachings, have left the condition that prevailed before, the dark condition, the spiritual darkness, the uh, idolatry and uh, false teachings and that which was not honoring unto the Lord. And they began very well. And they started new, you might say, new uh, reformers. Uh, and they have went back to the Word of God and they began to teach the Word of God and specifically justification by faith. That a person is being justified not by works, not by baptism, not by good deeds, not by paying money anybody, but on the basis of the faith in the person and our, or in our Lord Jesus the Messiah. Paul said many years, right at the beginning of the church age, right at the, some the early days of the assembly, he said, I am not ashamed of the gospel of the Messiah, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also unto the Greek. And then he continued to say about the gospel, that therein, in this gospel, in the body of truth, the Yeshua, Jesus, the Messiah, God the Son, became a man. He died. He died for the sin of this world. He was buried and rose again. In this body of truth, in this gospel, the righteousness of God revealed from faith unto faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. So in these days of the Reformation, the Reformers, in the professing church, left the condition of Thyatira and moved along. And that's why they were called, you might say, those that have escaped and left the sad condition and moved along to continue on back to the Word of God. Now, of course, sadly, it didn't continue like that. During those age, there were various groups of a, a church group such as the Lutheran, the Anglican, the Dutch Reformed, the Presbyterian groups, and various groups have a rose during those days that had a very good beginning. But as time moved along, there was once and again a departure from that which was given to us in the Word of God. In a sense, the Saudis fell back into that which Thyatira uh, represented, a time of, you might say, a, a departure, departure from the, uh, from the ABC uh, of the Word of God. And so the Lord Jesus, the Messiah, saying to this church, notice that in verse 1, the second part, he says, These things says, he that has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. Now again, the seven spirits of God is not that God had seven holy spirits. No, 
but this represents the sevenfold spirit of God that rested and resided upon the person of Yeshua, Jesus, the Messiah. I want to read you a verse in Isaiah chapter 11, where the prophet of Israel said years ago, it said that there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots, speaking about the Mashiach, the Messiah that was going to come, the Lord Jesus himself. And the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and of might, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord, Yirat Adonai. In other words, there is a Messiah that will come, and he will be the one that upon him will the person of the Holy Spirit of God, with his sevenfold attributes, will rest upon him. And so the Lord is saying to the church of Sardis, to the spiritual leaders represented by this angel, Malach, the messenger, he said unto the angel of the church of Sardis, right, these things says he that has the seven spirit of God. He knows everything. He sees everything. He knows whatsoever is going on in this local assembly in Sardis. But he also, notice that, he also have the seven stars. And according to the vision that John saw in chapter 1 and verse 20, the seven stars, as it says, I'm going to read the verse, the mystery of the seven stars, which thou sowest in my right hand, and the seven golden lampstand, the seven stars are the angels of the seven churches. In other words, the seven stars are the seven, you might say, spiritual representation of every one of these local assembly, beginning with Ephesus, all the way to Laodicea, and in this case, it is the church of Sardis. So the Lord Jesus, the Messiah, is saying to the leaders, he said, I hold you in my right hand. I have the whole, the person of the Holy Spirit of God uh, in, in me, and I see the condition that existing in your local assembly in Saudis. You know, the Lord sees everything that is going on in any local assembly. Wherever we are located today, anywhere in this world, any professing church, any professing assembly, the Lord sees through everything. He holds the spiritual leaders responsible. He has the person of the Holy Spirit of God resides in him fully. And he can discern all things which are going on in any local assembly. In the same first verse of Revelation chapter 3, the Lord Jesus, the Messiah said, I know your works, that thou hast a name, that thou livest, and are dead. Now, can you imagine, my dear friend, Saudis, they escaped Thyatira, they began very well, they were named, had a name that they were alive like it was historically at the Reformation days. But as time passes by, historically from 1517 till about the 1648, 1700s, in this period of time in church history, things gone sour. They had a name, but in actuality, 
they was dead. You know, it is kind of sad, you know, that when you go even to a local church, local assembly, local congregation, and there is a name, great name, and maybe there is a lot of things that are going on, a lot of activity, but in actuality, there is no spiritual life. There is no guidance by the person of the Holy Spirit of God to lead the assembly in worship and praise. It can happen to us all. And we are always in danger individually and collectively. Any local church, any local congregation, any local kehila, any local congregation are in danger in falling into deadness. The apostle Paul reminded the Ephesians in Ephesians 2 that they were dead in their trespasses and sins. But because they became believers in the Lord Jesus, the Messiah, they became alive. But then in chapter 5 of Ephesians, he was telling them once again, Awake thou from your sleep, and Christ the Messiah will give you rest. You see, we as believers may have spiritual life in us, But sometimes in our lives as believers, we can be so dry spiritually. And awaken, God needs to awaken us so we will live for Him here in this world. That was the condition of Sardis. Now we always have to remember that within any professing church, only God knows the hearts, and therefore there are oftentimes True believers and those who are false. Those who are really born from above and those who have never been born again. Those that have been, you might say, alive spiritually, but not always enjoying practically the things of the Lord. But then you also have those that are dead in trespasses and sins. Have only a name, but in reality, they are not alive. And so in the next verse, in verse uh, at 2 and 3, Yeshua, the Messiah, exhort this local assembly in Saudis. And you notice what he tells them in verses 2 and 3. He's telling them a few things. First of all, in verse 2, be watchful. Be watchful. He says, be watchful and strengthen the things that remain, that are ready to die. For I have not found thy works perfect before God. Be alert. Don't allow yourself to be, you might say, a, a un a, a spiritual, carnal, as dead. Be watchful. Be awakened. Wake up and don't remain where you are, apparently, again, to remind you that in Saudis things have gone from good to bad. And therefore, the Lord is really warning the local assembly in Sardis, you better be careful, be watchful. And whatever you have gained, notice that in verse 2, whatever you had, whatever is remain, make sure that you hold on to it because it is ready to die. He says, I have not found whatever you do in Sardis perfect before God, apparently, he could see what was going on there. You know, it is kind of sad how many times 
when the people of God are not careful, how quickly we can just go through the motion and yet have no spiritual uh, maturity. That's why we always have throughout the epistles, the, the letters that Shaul Paul wrote, these 13 letters to the various assemblies, various congregations. He wrote it as a corrective ministry to encourage us to be restored to the Lord, to be awakened to the things of God. We cannot go around and blame everybody else because we know our very own hearts and how quickly our hearts fail in this. We are just like our people of old Israel who began so well and then time passes by and they were complaining and they were dissatisfied. Like you and I, when we first became believers, what a, an amazing thing it was to be born from above, the sins forgiven, hope to be in heaven, and yet time passes by and we fail the Lord in our life day by day. And so in verse 2 he says, be watchful. In verse 3 he says, remember therefore how thou hast received and heard and hold fast and repent. You see, the Lord Yeshua said, remember, hold fast, and repent. You know that a believer, just like the unbeliever, need to repent. In 1 John 1.9, we read, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We need to confess our sins. We need to repent, even as believers. So the Yeshua said, you better repent. He said, otherwise, in verse Three, therefore, if therefore you will not watch, I will come unto thee as a thief, and thou shalt uh, not know the hour when I will come upon thee. You know, First Thessalonians chapter 5 tells us that the Lord will come as a thief in the night for the unbelievers. But the believers should not be unprepared for the coming of the Lord in the context of of Revelation chapter 3 and verse 3, it's coming in judgment. And the Lord is coming up upon his own people because judgment must begin at the house of God. First Peter chapter 4, because those that disobey the Lord as believers, God will judge them in their life, in their local activities. He will discipline his own people. But woe unto them that are not believers. They need to be born again. They need to come to know the Lord Jesus, the Lord Yeshua, is their Messiah, Lord and Savior. And so we saw that he was writing to Saudis. We saw that he presented himself as the one that have the seven spirit of God and have the seven stars. Then we could see that he disapproved of certain things that they were doing, that were going on in uh, Saudis. We also read how he exhorted them to be watchful, to remember, to hold fast, and to repent. Now in verse 4, Yeshua is approved of some that were in Sardis, that things were fine with them. And he commending those that had some, you might say, some condition that was right with God. And so he said in verse 4, Thou hast a few names, even in Saudis, which have not defiled their garment, and they shall walk with me in white, for they are worthy. In other words, they did not defile them 
their garments, meaning that they disassociated themselves from that which was contrary to the word of God. Whether it is doctrinally or whether it is morally, they didn't want to defile themselves. They wanted to separate themselves unto the Lord Yeshua, the Messiah. They did not do it because of some legal rules. They did not do it because of pride and arrogance. They did it in order to please the Lord. And he took note of it. In verse 4 of Revelation chapter 3, you have a few names there. In Sardis, they did not defile their garment. They shall walk with me in white and they are worthy. That uh, word for white speaks of purity. And the Lord Jesus said, they're going to live their life in a pure way, honoring to the Lord. And you know, my dear friend, the best way when we go wrong, because we, we are not perfect, we sin so easy, as the book of Hebrews tells us, the sin which does so easily beset us. But we don't have to go in that direction. We can always go to the throne of grace. We can always repent and confess and return back to the Lord and live a life that is pleasing to Him. That's what he was pleased with some in Sardis. Not all, but some. But then notice that the last two verses here, in verses 5 and 6, Yeshua is now given assurance to those that are overcomers. Again, I would like to remind you that there are overcomers. All true believers are overcomers positionally. But not all believers are overcomers practically. 1 John 5 verse 4 says, Whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. Even, he says, and who is he that overcometh the world? Or this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. He says in verse 5, Who is he that overcometh the world, but he that believeth that Yeshua, that Jesus is the Son of God. Every true believer is an overcomer positionally. But, here we go, practically, to be an overcomer is that which the Lord Jesus, the Messiah, encouraging now the believers in Saudis to overcome the sad condition that existed in Sardis in the days of old. And in a sense, when it's come to the historical and the a progressive, if uh, you might say, setup in which the church age con uh, continue with one church after another, the church of Sardis represent the Reformation, but there was a decline from the days of the Reformation and Sardis is really, uh, uh, you might say, went back to that which they have left initially. And the people of God are called to depart from that and to overcome that which was not right in the church during the age of Sardis. And so we read in verses 5 and 6, He that overcometh, the same shall be clothed, number one, is white raiment. This is a believer who is clothed in white raiment. I will not blot his name out of the book of life. You remember what we read? In Revelation chapter 20, Whosoever was not written in the book of life, he had been cast into the lake of fire. That's, for, that's what we learn here, that the overcomer 
is one that have accepted the Lord Jesus the Messiah, became a believer, but also seek to live for him here in this world. And thirdly, it says, And I will confess his name before my Father which is in heaven. You know, the Lord Jesus will confess before Ha'aba, before the Father, the one that have become a believer in the Lord Jesus, the Messiah, and he will confess his name before the Father. There is a verse that is found in Matthew chapter 10 that I will read this for a moment because it is very important a, a, a chapter and also how the Lord Jesus, the Messiah, is assuring the disciples that they will follow him and he will confess them before his Father in heaven. Uh, Matthew 10 and verse 32 says, Whosoever therefore shall confess me before men, him will I confess also before my Father which is in heaven. But whosoever shall deny me before men, him will I deny before my Father which is in heaven. What an amazing fact, my dear friend. How wonderful it is to be simply, first of all, a forgiven person. To accept the Lord Jesus, the Messiah, as our Lord and Savior. And the moment we have acknowledged him, he will confess our name before our Abba in heaven. And for the believers, what a blessing it is to rise up, to overcome these conditions, to have where there was only a name, but in actuality it was a deadly or dead condition. The believer should seek to overcome such a condition. So the last verse, verse 6, He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the assemblies, unto the churches. The Holy Spirit of God is speaking. And as we read God's word, and as we listen to the voice of the Lord through His Word in the power of the Spirit of God, God desires that we will respond to Him, that our hearts will not be hardened, but soft and tender, and that we will be willing to listen to Him and to change our ways, to be returning to His will, to honor Him, and to be a people that giving glory to God. Well, my dear friend, I trust that the Lord will encourage you and help you as well, and all of us, to grow spiritually and to be like those that are overcomer, overcoming the condition that existed in the church in Sardis. Well, God bless you until the next a church. May the Lord bless you and watch over you, and I will say to you, Shalom, Shalom.